The Realtor 180 Podcast, where valuable conversations and industry experts collide. Let's dive in and transform your business today. <laughs> I am really looking forward. I feel like this episode I'm is... I'm always looking forward to recording. <laughs> I feel like this episode, though, is my wheelhouse. Like, okay, this, this is, is going to be all about you, because this is my weakness. This is your strength. So I'll just put it out there. I'll own it. So let's get rocking and rolling. Let's do it. The art of the follow-up. Now, before you mentally check out because you think this is only about sales, stick around because it's not. Anytime you want to sell your ideas, hire an employee, pitch an investor, whatever you can think of, it's always about the elegant art of following up. On that note, let's get started. I'm Ciela de la Paz, and here we have with us today, as always, Mr. Kunkler. Mr. Kunkler. <laughs> yes, Mr. <laughs> Kunkler. Do people call you Sean or Kunkler? That's so random. Um, Does anyone call you Kunkler? My mom calls me Sean. Actually, your dad calls you Kunkler? No, actually, <laughs> my, growing up, believe it or not, my mom called me like Kunkler or she would call me like like affectionate variations yeah. of it and a nickname that I hate. And um, Everybody hates their nicknames it's, as a kid. It's totally true. But my, my dearest friends call me Kunkler. That's cute. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, very like Top Gun. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. Goose Maverick. That is, although those aren't their last names. But uh, yeah, I get it. What do people call you, Mrs. C? I get called C a lot because people can't pronounce my name. So like, just call me C. It's fine. But I think people who are uh, cool, I have to say, like I define them as cool. Yeah. They call me C. Like, hey C, what's up? Oh. Cool kids call me C. I got you. That's right. I got you. I'm picking up what you're throwing down. (laughs) So the problem, and I can talk all about the problems. This is my jam right here. (laughs) Following up is very hard to do. And uh, um, I have to say, people don't do it. I think um, it's very overlooked um, because it's uncomfortable and it's scary um, because reaching out, because when you reach out and especially following up, following up implies that you are turned down. (laughs) rejected already to begin with mm. i mean that's how i look at it and i know i should i i don't look at it like that anymore but yeah initially that's kind of like well i was already given a no you know why follow up do you know my pet peeve what i hate uh, loathe and this happened it happens all the time in multiple industries when you either get a phone call yeah or oh. an email Okay. And the subject line is... Following up? <laughs> yes. And then they open with, literally, ready for this verbatim. Just follow I up. was just following up. Okay, you've told me this before, oh. and I am now, whenever I'm about to say that, and I think of you, it's like, okay, I, I should think of another way to say this. And for the love of all things natural, if you take nothing else <laughs> out of way, away from this episode today, is... Do do never do, do never, never start with I'm just following up. Ah, right, it's so ready. gross. This is a huge takeaway. So don't start here's with what just following up. Here's what it says to the recipient. You know, my it's bank it's account's a little bit low and I'm looking for my next check. Oh, do you have it? Oh. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah, as yeah, a recipient, yeah. and especially yeah. now, now that I'm calling attention to it, you guys will notice it. It just doesn't it doesn't have that warm and fuzzy. Yeah. And we will absolutely share with okay, like, well, why do, like okay. what to do and, and how to do it. But that's... Yeah, I would love to hear, okay, well, what do I replace it with then? 
So let's talk about li- that later. But first, yeah. let's talk about why people don't don't do it and the pain. And I'd love to go over my pain because I think I'm very sensitive to rejection. And when people say no, I feel rejected. Um, especially when I first um, did co- course launches. Yeah. So when you do a course launch, the way I do it is I email everyone in my list and I invite them to my webinar where I teach them something, mm. you know, valuable. And then I say, if you want to learn more, I do have this course. And then from there, people can buy it while they're on the webinar. Yeah. And um, so from there, that's kind of like that, that was it. And I, and I didn't want to come back to and email them and say, Hey, by the way, you know, were you still thinking about it? Do you still want to, <laughs> you still want to buy my course? Um, but I just felt really uncomfortable because they're on the webinar and then they decide not to buy. Yeah. So why am I harassing them? You know, I just kind of felt that way. <laughs> well, and it's, Hey, did you still want to do this? It comes across <laughs> as, is it's not a power position. It's, no, it's, it's not. The wrong it's not. Frame. And it's, I feel like it's the wrong mindset, but I'm just telling you when I first started, that's, that's how I felt about the idea of the follow-up. I've, I've yeah. since changed my mind and I, we can talk later about how much of a difference that's made to my business and mm. um, how actually important it is to, to do the follow-up, but we'll talk about that and, later. And I think that's the biggest problem is the follow-up is your activity. Yes, it's on you. It's your yeah. activity. Yeah, That's is. not what you're doing or re- or the other person is receiving. Okay. And there's a separation between the two. Like your action item is to follow up. Right. The other side has to receive the benefit of you showing up. Ah, yes. Okay. This is a great way to kind of separate those two things. Very true. Very true. And this goes to, this is not just sales. Mm -hmm. This is any relationship. Any relationship. Absolutely. Requires a follow-up. Yeah. Because, like, if you think about your best friend. Yeah, you gotta give him a call every now and then. But you guys didn't become best friends literally the moment you saw each other. Yeah. Right? Right, right, right. Took a minute, it did. and it took a couple, like, couple few months to build. Yeah. It's, it's like this this thing. It's not like your instant BFFs. Correct. Yeah. And all of those interactions. Yep. Like it or not, those were follow ups. Yeah. And yeah, I have to agree. The people, and especially now that you know, like the people we went to college with, and kind of, you know, kind of everybody moved away. The ones I've stayed. Uh, close to or have kept my relationship with are those that keep following up. Mm-hmm. I have to say I suck at following up because um, I get so busy, but I am lucky that I have friends that do that c- reconnect and reconnect. Yeah. And I think that's what keeps the relationship. Following up is like watering a plant. Mm. If you never do it, it dies. That's why I have a lot of dead plants. Well, that's your problem now. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not plants. following up with your plants. Oh my God. Like, hey, no, I'm just checking up. up. Do you need water? I no, some... no, we actually need water. Don't tell me that. <laughs> Don't ask me if I need it. Just give it to just me. Give me the I, water. Because I actually need it. So thirsty. Um, <laughs> so I think we've we've kind of beaten that. But on the before we, we move forward, there's three things that any sale, let's just put it in a sales brain, mm-hmm. have to happen before 
the purchase or whatever it is is going to proceed. Okay. The, the very first thing is they either need to. We all know that at the heart of a realtor's business is the referral. My question to you is, are you proactively building out your trusted referral network? My goal is to connect our community with top performing agents across the country. To join our exclusive community, visit www.realtor180.com and click the join our network tab to connect. No, they they need to know you. Uh huh. They need to know you, your product, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. You have to get on the radar. That's step right, number right, one. Right, right, right. Two, you have to build a relationship for them to like you. Yeah. That's that's. They have to two. welcome your follow up. <laughs> Correct. Like they have to like like if you're just right. gruff and raw and that's not who they're not gonna they are it. on the yeah. on the other side. They're just they're gonna be turned off. Yeah. Right. So you want to turn them on. Yeah. And then the last phase of that is is the trust phase. So they right. first need to know you, then they need to like you, then they need to trust you. And then they'll be open for the follow-up. Is that what you're saying? All of those pieces are Altogether. the follow-up. Gotcha. Like that's the, that's what you're ultimately trying to do. Right. And, and the way that you do it, it's case specific as to what the end strategy is. Like if right. you're just trying to build a relationship or yeah. if you're trying to execute a sale, it depends on what you're trying to do. But yeah. those three elements have to be there. Right. Like people don't, and some people will move through that, the no like, and trust. They'll move through that much quicker than others. Mm -hmm. And especially if the sale is a much lower price point yeah. or it's easier, we'll just bypass all of that because the, the pain of loss is so low. But if yeah. it's a significant purchase, let's say a car. Yeah, there's a lot of house, following up or a lot of like touching building. in touch points. Yeah. And don't they say in marketing that it takes um, seven, or now I think it's 12 touch points um, before somebody will actually pay attention and purchase from you. Like in a sales seat, it typically takes seven follow-ups or or overcoming seven objections yeah. before you can actually move somebody to a close. Gotcha. So, and okay. I think seven is a low number. It, it's, I think these days with so much coming at us, it's probably going to be higher. Correct. So yeah. That's why I think 12 was, is the new number. I would not disagree with that. Yeah. In addition to, we also, you need to make a lot of contacts yeah. contacts in order to get to that that yeah. phase of right. any transaction. Right. So we, we talked about the pain. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Why people don't do it. I know why I didn't do it. it was the, I was rejected and then I'm really afraid of being yeah. rejected again. I mean, how do we get over that? Like, how do we get over that fear and just come back, mm -hmm. you know, and, and touch base again? rather than saying follow-up. I think it's twofold. Okay. I think it's one, in my opinion, in my experience, is bring value forward. Uh-huh. One. And you can only do that by sincerely listening yeah. and understanding yeah. who the person is on the other side and what is going to help them through the next phase. Yeah. That's one. The other thing is to realize and to understand that as cliche as it sounds, mm -hmm. it's a numbers game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody is going to be predisposed to like you, mm -hmm. to buy your products, or to move to the next level. Right. And knowing those numbers, yeah, like just going back and, and reviewing them, in most cases, in most industries, you need to add 100 people to your hopper. Yeah, and it's a percentage of that usually, right? It's usually maybe 
two percent. Yeah, especially if it's like a cold audience. Uh, cold audience, I think it's a one percent conversion. Um, and yeah, so just knowing that number. So yeah, so I think if I could get into how I got over it, that's definitely yeah. one of the things where it's definitely a numbers game. If you have that data in the back of your mind, knowing that, no, not 99% of people are going to say yes. 99 are going to say no. <laughs> 99% are going to say no. So you don't take it so hard. I know I don't, so that I didn't take it so hard knowing that it's not just me, it's everybody. And it, this is just kind of how it is that, you know, Correct. only 1% are ever going to say yes, especially if it's your a very cold audience. You're going from zero to, you know, trying to sell your service. So knowing that I think is definitely very helpful. Absolutely. If you go into any situation, any sales, or like you're trying to sell your idea to an investor, you're trying to find the perfect employee, whatever it is, it's a numbers game also. Yeah. And going into it, when I go, when I sit at the sales seat, I know that 97 people are not going to be predisposed to buy my product. And so I'm only looking for the one to 3%. So is it personal that 97 people, it's 98 it's just like it wasn't don't want it? The right fit. That's right. It, yeah. It's like, it's like when not you sit down time. with your kids and you put a puzzle together, right? Yeah. Is it scenario one or two? Do when the two puzzle pieces don't fit, do you, do you dwell about it and cry about it and then just try to force them together? Or do you yeah. go, Hey, they don't fit. Let me go find the one that does. Yeah. 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 In fact, I will have like 10 pieces lined up that I think might fit. And then I go, Nope, not, not that one. Grab another note. Not that. Cause you know, sometimes it's a blue sky and they all kind of look the same. Yes, exactly. And, and I, good analogy. And if we can pull the emotion out of it yeah. and get into literally and and keep it very casual but it's literally a puzzle and it's a numbers game yeah and every every time you pick up a piece it's not going to be a perfect fit the first time out of the gate don't worry about it yeah and okay i don't know why this just came up to like dating it's very similar and i know men, men approach it definitely like a numbers game and i didn't realize this anyway for 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 Women, I think it's a little bit different, but I know that I have many... You've kissed a lot of frogs, is what you're saying? (laughs) It is actually a numbers game, because you're like, one of these got to work out. (laughs) Yeah, and imagine, uh, so imagine this, let's let's flip the script, but you went on a first date, and it was good. Let's say it wasn't phenomenal, it wasn't bad, and then let's say three days later, you got a call, and this was the call, I was just following up. <laughs> How gross is that, right? That's true. So for all of you in the dating phase of your life right now, don't do that. So sales is a relationship. Yeah. Like I, I just want to like hit this point home. It's like dating. Yes. And don't open the conversation with hi, I was just following up. I was just following up. It's so gross. <laughs> but listen, gross is such a strong term, but just, it, it is. There's a better way you can do it. There's always a better way. So (laughs) (laughs) not that long ago, I actually was looking at different cars. Okay. And I test drove a car. Oh, yeah. uh And it was a mediocre experience. And it was a really nice car. And a couple days later, I got the, hey, I'm just following up. (laughs) And uh, I just, you know, it's so cringeworthy. I think you're making everybody really sensitive to that. Good. (laughs) I'm I'm just, I really want to hit this one home. Okay, so let me share with... uh, a strategy that will feel a little bit better. Okay. Let's is do. let's say I'm looking at a car. Yes. Right. And let's say I'm looking at a specific sports car in a specific color with specific features. Right. Like I want a sunroof and I want this. I want that. Right. Right. 
the other person on the other side should be listening and in taking notes and remembering yeah. these specific details. Yeah. Now, instead of calling me and saying, hey, I'm just following up. Yeah. Call me and say, hey, Sean, this car in this color with these features, the one that you're looking for. It's available now. Found one. Hey, I just found one for you. Yeah. What's your interest level? You still Ooh. thinking about it? Yeah. That feels so much better. Then, hey, I'm just following up. Correct. Still want a car? Like, <laughs> and then, like, here's, like, a, a different frame. Like, did you want me to have a ship it up, ship, shipped up, or do you want to come and test drive yeah, it? Yeah. You're going for a soft close, but you're building a relationship. Yeah. Because now, as the recipient, I think, wow, that yes. dude actually heard what I said. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He was really looking proactively for that thing that I wanted. Right, right, right. He came back to me with value. Yeah. And that's yeah. important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel appreciated. I feel like I think that's there's. What it is. It, I, I'm starting to go from no, like to trust. Right. Like I'm starting to to like this person, yeah. and I'm starting to build a little bit of bond of trust. Right. And that's so incredibly important. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, um, both ways where I've been followed up with, and I've followed up. I think a lot of it was both both times it was they heard me or I heard them mm-hmm. and it was kind of like let's you know let's kind of work through it and it wasn't that hey I'm just kind of checking in it was kind of like oh by the way so the one where I was followed up with I had said no to enrolling in a program mm-hmm. the guys just not for me and, I, and then they were like okay when you know when would be a good time and oh, it was like a month question. later and um, a month later, she calls back. Ooh, and, nice. And she, the way she started, it wasn't like, hey, I'm just following. It was like, hey, how's your business going? And it was kind of like a friend checking up to see how it's going, blah, blah, blah. And I guess, you know, if it, it really sounded like she heard me, what I was going through. And she's like, oh, so it sounds like you might, you might need this. So let me tell you a little bit more about the program again. Um, and, and she kind of picked some of the things that she's like a brilliant salesperson. This was like thousands of dollars worth of product. Um, and I was like, you know what? I, I'll do it. And I, I ultimately bought into the program. And did you hear that subtle distinction at the very beginning? Yeah. It felt like a friend, friend checking, checking yeah. up on me. Yeah, exactly. That, that right yeah, there yeah. is the beauty of the follow-up. So yeah. her activity yeah. was f- to follow up with you. Yeah. But her action item was yeah. to actually check in on you yeah. as a friend. Right, right. And that moved her to right. the category of like, and you started to trust her. Right, right, exactly. And that's when the sales started to proceed forward. And then with that, there's three columns of trust. Yeah. Like there's three likes, there's three no's, there's three trusts. Okay. One, it's with the individual. Uh-huh. Two, it's with the company. Mm, And then three, it's either with the product or service. That it's going to help you. Right. In each of those, it has to go through that cycle before the sale will be made. Okay. And now within that, everybody's at varying levels of degrees within a one to 10. Right, right, right. And some people will speed through some parts of it more than others. and And it always depends on the complexity and the price points and things like that. Yeah. But every sale has to go through those three yeah. phases. And I love that that person did that. Yeah. I have to say, though, okay, I am not a brilliant salesperson. We know this. I kind of am awkwardly getting in, getting better at it. I'm surprised I even have a business. Um, no, I, I think I've definitely come around. I had a lot to learn. But what I'm ta- going to say is for those that are as awkward as I am <laughs> and that can't do that like fancy, like, you know, like, you know 
approach people in such an elegant way like you do or like that salesperson did just the act of following up in general is is good like even if you're awkward about it I, oh, I for think sure. you should still do it. And here's a testament to my awkward, one awkward follow-up that I did um, that led to great, amazing things. One of the best things where I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I followed <laughs> up because I wasn't going to. I felt so rejected. I was like, fine. Yeah. Years ago, I'm a big fan of Creative Live. Like I love everybody. Masters of photography are on Creative Live. You know, people I look up to and I was just like, oh, you know, maybe they want someone to teach filmmaking with the iPhone. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. So I emailed them with this like, hey, by the way, you know, I know this, blah, blah. And I threw in Stanford in there hoping to impress them. And they're like, no, (laughs) we already have someone that did. I was like, how is somebody else doing it? This is such a niche thing. I'm like the only person that's like, sorry, no. so then like definitely a year goes by right and i'm just like i finally saw them i was like oh but they don't have anybody that teaches editing on the iphone so i email her back and i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna be so annoying because she already said no and Mm. blah 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 should i even remind her that i already emailed her or should I not like should I pretend this is brand new like these are the things going on in my head yeah so I was like I'll just remind her that we chatted and then so I it was an awkward follow-up it's like hey by the way last time you said no but this is a different slant to it you know you don't have it I checked your program I stalked all your classes and then she was like Yes. I was like, nice. I was like, no way. She's like, yes. In fact, we have photography week coming up in October. Um, do you want to teach during that time? That was like the best time to teach because you have all of these masters come to the Creative Life studio and I actually fangirled, got to meet them. Okay. So I was like, amazing. And then even a, a huge, a bigger audience comes to watch photography week because, you know, it's like the special week. And I got to be part of it. And I was just like, I can't believe this is happening. It was like, you know, I met, you know, all these cool photographers. I was, you know, I was like, what am I doing here? Huge imposter syndrome, by the way. And then like, you know, you're teaching it live and there's like, like, you know, seats of students in front of you. And I was like, all this happened because I followed up. Ben. Fantastic. I yes. love that. That is so good. Yes. But what I what I really loved about that is you genuinely thought, I'm going to dissect it now, but you genuinely <laughs> thought, all right, so I hit a wall. Yeah. Like I'm either going to go under it, around it, or through it. Yeah. Like you didn't give up. No, I didn't. You're like, oh, it was a big wall. I quit. Um, so you didn't give up, which I love. And then the second part is, well, I can't provide value in this category. So how do I provide value? So you did your homework, researched it, figured out an avenue in, Mm -hmm. and then attacked it again. And I love that. Like that is so genuinely awesome on so many levels because most people look at the first obstacle as a failure. As a rejection. And and then they stay with it. Yeah. And it's not always about just closing the sale. Oh. It's sometimes about, it's, it's the end result is knowing that you can do something for them yeah. and just being persistent. It's yeah, kind of like if your best friend for, for I'm sorry if this is such like a, a dark analogy, but if your friend is inside a burning building and there's a door, you're either going to go through it 
or find another or, door. Or you're going to climb up. You're going to find a ladder. You will do whatever it takes. Yeah. And I really having, wanted to be on Creative Lab. Yeah, and I, that's fantastic. And <laughs> yeah, I know that episode that you were on it did, it was phenomenal. Yeah, and it did so well that they even asked for me back. So I didn't even have nice. to follow up. They followed it with me afterwards. So I had another class on my own. So that was really awesome. So uh, I love that story. And I always think back to that story when I get shy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I don't want to follow up with, you know, like, you know, there's a director from Hollywood that, you know, been kind of touching base with here and there. So... I just remember that and I was like, okay, like it might feel awkward, but there could be good things that come out of this. So just, let's just do it. I completely agree. And you reminded me of episode number two, where we talk about, it doesn't have to be perfect. No. You just need to do it. Yeah. You just have to be genuine, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I remember for a while when you were filming, you would keep a picture of your best friend next to the camera. So it would keep you in mind to treat everybody with that same level of I do that all the time. Yeah, when I'm filming or when I do a webinar, you know, like when I, um, you know, I, I do these webinars occasionally to talk about my course and I don't want it to be pitchy and I, I want it to remind myself that if that was my friend on the other side and I know that they need this, yeah. how, how would I, you know, I don't want to just take their money to take their money. I want to make sure it's something that they know that they need. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a yeah. different, it's kind of a different mind frame. It's like, that's what it you is. Know, like I want to see if, you know, teach you this. And if you think you need it, and, you know, anyway. Yes. And so that's I, my point. Yeah. Through all of this. And I know that I hit it home of how much I just despise when somebody says I'm following up, but the, the true power is when yeah. you really genuinely care about the person on the other side, and then you genuinely are trying to figure out how to help them yeah, solve whatever problem they have. And the only way you can get there is by genuinely listening to where they're at, what they yeah. need, and then taking a different approach. Yeah, And it does not open with, I'm just following up. It starts with... Yeah. I'd like to point out because there's two different kinds of follow ups and I feel like it's easier to follow up when you are dealing with an individual. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you have a client like I was actually speaking to a real person at Creative Live. um, But it's a little bit harder when you have a list. Right. So your email list, Mm -hmm. it's hard to personalize. Mm -hmm. Um, So do you have any tips there? Yeah, I do. First, don't and start with, I'm just following up. <laughs> no, like this is, we're, we're now getting into marketing. Yeah, yeah, A little yeah, bit yeah. different, but, uh, but granted, it totally fits. Yeah. So I'm a realtor and I'm based out of San Francisco and I focus on the Bay Area for transactions. Yeah. With that, the number one mistake people make when they're following up mm-hmm. is they don't segment their list. Ah, what yes. that means is Segmenting. they're not taking the people and putting them into groups. Yes, a yes. buyer mm. you needs to have a different conversation than a seller. That's good. The needs are very different. Yep, yep. And the conversation is different, right? The third group, and I get this all the time, is realtors. Like, why are realtors adding realtors to their <laughs> sellers list? Yes. The things I care about are not what your sellers should be yes. caring about. 
So why are you communicating the same way with me? Right. That is a good way. So it brings us back to what you said earlier is trying to assess the needs of the person you're communicating with and segmenting them out is kind of your automated way of assessing different needs and putting them in different buckets. Correct. And in that scenario, the individual groups are having different conversations in their head. Yes. My messaging needs to match that conversation. Yeah. And where people go astray with the follow-up is it's, it's the wrong message to market match. It doesn't match. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to, to hit the wrong points home that don't matter to that group. Yeah. And that too is the follow-up. And I'm sorry if it sounds preachy, but this is from, from a sales perspective, yeah. this is when all of it starts to fall apart. All right. So for those that are fairly new and don't have a huge list, I I, I believe it's still worth it to segment. Um, mm-hmm. Once you do start finding out that information, because I know when I first started out, I didn't know much about who was on my list, to be honest with you. Um, but once you do start figuring out what are the different segments, so obviously I have like clear ones, those that are my students and those that are not my students. There's two completely different messaging, right? Um, Those who saw my webinar and those who didn't, and those are different as well. Um, So yeah, that's a really good way to bring it up. Um, So for not, for not in person and over digital communications and in, you know, groups of people, Mm -hmm. segmenting is a way to assessing their needs and addressing them and following up different ways. Correct. And it's very, and again, the follow up. The art of that is how do I provide value? Mm-hmm. What's important to them and what problems yes. do they have yes. and how do I solve it or help them solve it? It's kind of like what we said in our last uh, episode when we were talking about perfection mm-hmm. is if you make it about them, it makes it yeah. way easier. And I think this will be the thing. It's, it's, it's never about you. It's always about, well, this is the way I like to think of it anyway, because I get... When I when it's about me, then just everything goes wrong. Yeah. Um. So when you think about M- me other, as well, when you think about how can I serve them, how can like what do they need, and if how can I provide value, then it's just so much easier to do anything. I completely agree. And when I talk to clients, I am focused on them and what their needs are, and how do I put my needs behind theirs? Yeah. They're the priority, and my the way that I wired myself is to lead with relationship Yes, and yeah. to treat them. It's really funny, but I try to treat them like my mom and a celebrity. <laughs> oh, Hey, that's a good way. Celebrities to <laughs> take priority, right? Yeah, yeah. And you will do whatever it takes to protect your mom. Absolutely. And, and I always think of, especially in, in with real estate sales, which I get is a little bit different, but I think of, I don't want this transaction uh, it's it's I'm not transactional. It's not this one off thing. Yeah, I want to be there in ten years, yep. twenty years, mm-hmm. when you guys decide to sell again. Yeah, I want to be there when your kids want to buy a home, and I'm the guy that you trust. Yeah, I think it's really important to. It, and if you genuinely lead with relationship, and it doesn't matter if you're selling a car or a widget, mm-hmm. lead with relationship, and the business will follow. Yeah, and 
every time you watch all these movies about like Boiler Room and Wolf of Wall Street, it's when they put their needs in front of whomever (laughs) is when it all fell apart and the feds came in and raided them. Okay, so for in order order for a feds not to come and raid your business. (laughs) Put the relationship first. All right, and with that... Next week, we are going to have another great episode. We will be talking about how to time block your day. And this one will be interesting because Sean has a different way of time blocking um, from how I do it. Mm. Mm. Oh, you say we we have differences? Oh my God, what? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Realtor 180, where industry experts elevate your business. Be sure to subscribe and share this episode with a friend. Until next time, keep thriving.